Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. It's Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, affordable family fun. We broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. We're going to get to Tim Muma. Talk some Brewers baseball coming up here in about 15 uh, minutes uh, or so. Rami Makaloff is back on his own show today. Uh, so that's nice. So he'll be in here in about 45 minutes or so. Talk about what's coming up on his show uh, at 3 o'clock. Bucks in Chicago tonight uh, to take on the Bulls. Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, how the Bucks uh, respond coming off that uh, their last game. They've lost now two in a row, but the Clipper game doesn't really matter. They play their starters. Uh, the Maverick game, Milton had a bad game. It is what it is. You move on and uh, you get ready for Chicago. The, the, the goal here now is... They're playing good enough, as far as I'm concerned, uh, as far as now it's just be healthy, right? And, you know, continue playing at a decent level going into the playoffs and then kind of see what happens. Uh, so we'll see how that looks uh, tonight. If you missed Eric Name from The Athletic uh, talking about uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, basketball team, uh, you can go back, hit rewind on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or simply go to BigShowNetwork.com for that, or 1250AMTheFan.com. Okay, so I, I want to just, um, is venting the right word? I don't know if I'm venting per se. I, I just, I want to say something that I think we all kind of realize as sports fans, but I don't think we really ever verbalize it per se. The NFL has ruined sports in this country. It really has. I mean, it's ruined all other sports that are going across the country. Because the NFL has become such a gigantic thing that as Gary and Leroy and I always talk about, it's literally 12 months a year. Like every month there's something going on in the NFL that you're talking about. Not to mention all the different storylines 
and drama that go on uh, during the offseason, during the regular season, and so forth. There is always something going on in the National Football League that it literally takes away from every other sport. Literally every other sport. College basketball is the latest example. You, you've got the NCAA tournament. I promise you, there were probably as many or more people watching college basketball for the first or second time all season on that first Thursday of the NCAA tournament. Either it was the first time they turned on a college basketball game all year or maybe the second. Because it just never gets to be top of mind. It just doesn't. Because what dominates sports talk radio, what dominates the TV channels that, that you have, your cable TV channels or your podcasts or whatever you listen to or watch, it's dominated by everything going on in the National Football League. That's exactly what happens. So it destroys college basketball, kills it. Then talk about the NBA. And part of the reason that I've always wanted the NBA just to start on Christmas, because now you only have to get through essentially a month of football. And at that point, it's the playoffs for the most part. And then the teams that don't make the playoffs and they continue to expand the playoffs. So eventually, you know, it's going to be three quarters of the league make the playoffs. But for those teams that don't make the playoffs, those cities are now able to be, okay, that's done. Maybe I can start to tune in the NBA. But reality of the situation is here in Wisconsin, southeastern Wisconsin, Bucks, they 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 don't get the love necessarily until football is done, till the Packers are done. That's when people start really kind of turning over to see what the Bucks are looking like at that point. Now, yeah, you'll hear sports talk radio people in Wisconsin or in Milwaukee kind of talk about the Bucks here or there, but on TV. There's no NBA talk, really. It's all NFL until the NFL season is done. Then you start to get into the NBA a little bit. Then what happens? Then here comes the offseason of free agency. So then the NFL dominates March. So now spring training is going on, and you still got NFL free agency talk. Now we get to April. Now opening day is coming on Thursday, Brewers and Cubs. Can't wait. Very excited. Right? Great. NFL draft. It's end of the month. So you're going to get two weeks here of baseball talk or whatever the case may be. Then as you inch closer to the draft, you're going to have more NFL draft talk. And that's going to be uh, the focus of a majority of these TV shows. Plus, the NBA playoffs then start in the middle of the month. Um, So you have the NBA playoffs and NFL draft talk and baseball gets pushed to the side. Then we get to May and we have OTAs going on. In June, more OTAs going on. In July, training camps start. And then we're in the preseason and we go through the whole cycle again. They literally hurt the sports landscape in this country. It's gotten so big that it takes away from all other sports across the board. I haven't even brought up the NHL. I mean, we have an NHL fan on the station, Adam Roberts. Wearing my jersey today. Everybody thought the NHL going to ESPN again was going to be all that and a bag of chips. Nope. It hasn't done a thing for them. Arguably made it worse. Nothing. It's not nothing. I mean, NBC Sports Network, rest in peace. But NBC Sports Network, that, that, that at least there, they were that. They were the league that they talked about. Now, they had five people watching that channel, but at least that was theirs. They promoted the heck out of it. You said you think it's worse now. Yeah, you think I'm going to pay the subscription for ESPN Plus to watch the one or two Maple Leafs games they'll carry during the course of the season? No. I had to find a quote-unquote creative way to watch the Leafs down the lightning last night. Tell me the last time you saw one of these TV shows, whether it's Bayless and Sharp, whether it's Cowherd, whether it's Stephen A. and what other whatever person he has on, uh, or anybody else, right? Greenberg. When was the last time they did a hockey topic? NHL topic. When was the last time that happened? The day after every Stanley Cup, and then maybe when Team Canada beat USA in the Olympics like 12 years ago. You get nothing during the regular season. Nothing. There's not anything talked about regarding the NHL all season. Even into the playoffs, there's rarely anything ever said in the NHL. It would literally take some type of gigantic fight with blood everywhere in order to make 
it onto one of those shows to be talked about. I mean, you want to talk about a league, you know, fighting for attention. That's it. And the product is, I think the product's pretty good. I think the product's entertaining. But they just can't get any push at all. Go to markets in which have the NFL, MLB, NBA, and NHL. Now, there aren't a lot of those. Chicago, New York, right? Boston. The bigger markets. Atlanta, LA, right? Guys that, T or the cities that have all of them. Where do you think the NHL ranks on talk on those sports talk stations in those markets? It's dead last. It's dead last. They're going to talk NBA in front of them. They're going to talk NFL and Major League Baseball in front of the NHL. Now, how do they change that? I don't know. But part of the reason why they get ignored is because they're in a part of the year in which they're competing with two other sports. And one of those sports is the king, the NFL. This is the other reason why I think baseball needs to stop their regular season at the beginning of August or at the end of August and start their playoffs before the NFL kicks off to get to the World Series as soon as possible. Because that month of September, yeah, you're good. you have some people that are watching the races down the end. But for the most part, you're in the NFL and you lose everything on TV from talking points. You lose everything. It would make more sense for them to have those critical pennant races happening in preseason. You got a fighting chance then. Then get into the playoffs, you know, starting up that Labor Day weekend and try to beat the NFL. Think about if the NFL did not exist. If we took the National Football League and said it's no more. Football is dead in the United States. There's no more football. Think about all the other things that would be talked about. Think about how popular all these other sports would then become. And the more variety that you would have as far as if you turn on the radio, if you turn on the TV, whatever the case may be. There'd be way more variety as far as what was being talked about and so forth if there was no National Football League. It really is. It's ruining the other sports. Plain and simple. Now, I don't want the NFL to go away. I love the NFL. Like, of all the sports, yeah, I'm all about watching the NFL. Fantasy football, all that stuff that goes along with it. Right? College football. Love watching college football. Right? So, love football in general. Totally. But it really does just destroy and take away from everybody else. I mean, look, look, at, look, at, our, look at the big show. Use us, for example. How much bucks did we talk from the time the regular season started to now? How much How much have we talked bucks? Five to 10% maybe? Maybe? Maybe. I don't even know if it's, I don't think it's even 10%. I mean, it's been Packers, 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 Packers. And the, the majority of the reason for that is if you go out to the bars or you go to work or whatever the case may be, that's what people are talking about. Yeah, you got the occasional couple guys that are talking about the, the the random Bucks regular season game, whatever the case may be. But there's not a lot of that talk going on. It's there's fun- just not. It's funny you actually bring this up. Today at my other job, just this morning, someone I work with asked me, so how come when you do the big show, it always seems when I'm listening, there's always like two or three Packer questions you always pose. And right. I told them. The reason, well, there's a number of reasons we do it, but the main reason I think is whenever we do a Packers topic, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that's the topic that gets the calls. Well, you get it's not even about the calls. It's just you, you, they, they like to tell you in radio to play the hits, play the things that people are talking about or that people want to talk about, right? So, as we've talked about in the past, when we used to do the afternoon show and we didn't do the statewide show, we tend to talk more bucks, more brewers, and so forth. But when you're doing the statewide show around this state, he lived in lacrosse, Packers are king. I mean, yeah, are there Brewers fans? Sure. But Packers are king. Are there more Brewers fans than Bucks fans? Absolutely. But Packers are king. We've talked about it in the past, or I have. And, you know, having a having just a show that just all year long is just Packer talk. That, that's all it is. And from a ratings perspective and a listener perspective and everything else, you would rule. Now, again, if the NFL didn't exist, Packers didn't exist, none of that existed, then you would have way more variety. 
it would, it would change everything without question. I mean, the Cubs are popular in Chicago, right? No question. Uh, the Red Sox, popular in Boston, no question. The NFL kicks off. It's Belichick and the Patriots dominating the airwaves, and it's the Bears and their crappy organization down in Chicago. That's dominate, dominating the airwaves down there come training camp in August and September. That's just what it is. That's how it's always going to be going forward unless something dramatically changes at some point. So not, not something I'm going to take calls on or whatever else. I, I just think, like just kind of laid out there, is so true. Like it just, they're so big, the NFL, it literally ruins it for every other sport because of how big and how powerful uh, they've become in this country by the sheer amount of numbers and popularity among people that follow that sport. Having said all that, I'm going to talk Brewers next. I know some of you are going to turn off the radio because you want me to talk Packers, but we're going to talk Brewers. Opening day is two days away. I want to talk Brewers with my guy Tim Muma. We'll do that next. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals here on The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. We broadcast live from the Lakeland University Studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get. Started joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, our guy Tim Muma from BrewerFanatic.com. Tim, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, always happy to talk Brewer Sparky. So, how's that new website, Brewer Fanatic, coming? Last time we had John a couple weeks ago, it was just getting up and getting running. How things have been going? Uh, pretty good. You know, getting things rolling, getting content up there as much as we can. Um, just a, a great group of writers who have they've uh, done some things throughout different websites, uh, Brewer related, over the last probably 5, 10, 15 years for some of the guys. So it's definitely a work in progress, but I encourage people to check out BrewerFanatic.com. Lots of good content. And still have the forums up there like they did for BrewerFan.net where people can uh, express their own opinions, and they certainly do that. I'm sure they do, yes. Uh, Brewer, <laughs> that, the Brewer Fan was awesome. That was one of my favorite websites. Um, all right, so let's let's talk a, a little bit about the news of the day, obviously. Uh, and that is the suspension of the Brewers' backup catcher for – uh, for 80 games, and I saw you kind of uh, throwing out a suggestion uh, on Twitter. That's why I wanted to get you on. So if you're the Brewers, how do you kind of approach this? Uh, and David Sturge said that, you know, in the next 24 to 48 hours, they'll be scouring around trying to figure out if they can acquire one, if they're just going to let one of the young guys come up from AAA and play, uh, or what right. what they're going to do next. So how would you go about it? I think they definitely want to look for a veteran for that spot. Uh, it can be a tough position just to be ready to play, you know, being a backup catcher. Uh, of all the positions on the field, it's probably the one you are least impacted by, assuming Omar Narvaez stays healthy. Um, so, as, as Stern said, they're already looking around. I mean, there's probably guys out there that are going to be options because you have uh, teams cutting down their rosters. You have players who are non-roster invitees who are going to be looking for a team. So, there should be people available. I think the hardest part is always with the catcher is you really like those guys to work with your pitchers, especially you think of the guys the Brewers have with some of the stuff you have to deal with and, and uh, you know, just the amount of pitches they throw. Uh, so I think probably in a perfect world, they I would think they have Mario Feliciano, who is in the AAA system, come up to be the backup for a few weeks maybe or a couple weeks. In the meantime, bring in via trade or free agency a veteran, get uh, acclimated a little bit with the Brewers system, and then uh, and then you can utilize him as an option because – it sounds like they're going to welcome back Severino. They they believe what he says that it was it was a mistake. They, he was just trying to to have a, a baby, and uh, and it obviously took a drug he shouldn't be taking. And uh, once he's back, they're they're going to welcome him with open arms, and I'm sure he'd slide right back into that backup role. Feliciano uh, has had issues staying healthy, obviously over the course of time, uh, but he can hit. We've seen him uh, be able to do just that. Now the the argument becomes, you know, is he better served playing every day? or most days uh, at AAA versus only playing maybe 20 or 25 games at the big league level until Severino comes back. Gary Ellerson, when we brought this up on the big show at the start of the big show today, after we kind of flushed everything out, he he kind of leaned towards letting him come up here, experience Major League Baseball life, see Major League Baseball hitting, work with some of these pitchers, get the better coaching, uh, and so forth, and let him have that opportunity, even though he wouldn't get as many games. Where do you stand on it? I, I mean, I could see it both ways. I do think you can, you can never have enough catching, it's just like pitching. Uh, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have guys who just can't handle the position. Um, I, I do think in the long run for the season, I agree that it's best that he's 
in AAA, getting those regular bats and then working regularly on his on his skill set defensively as well. Um, but I think if he's up for a little bit of time, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He can, you know, get that coaching that you talked about. He can. He has worked with the major league pitching, obviously with spring training the last few years. Uh, he's been in the camps as well as a brief call up last year uh, when they needed a guy. So I think the best of both worlds is get him some time now because he uh, he knows the guys well and he's already in the system. And then have a veteran that you can bring in that you can trust uh, because again that backup role you're not going to be playing very consistently. Omar's going to take the majority of the uh, of the starts, and um, and you'd rather develop those skills because as a catcher, I mean, look at somebody like Manny Pena. He didn't really start flourishing until he was about 30. So Feliciano's got a lot of years left in him, and uh, if you can keep developing that while you have a starter in the big leagues, to me that's the best way to go. Talking with our guy uh, Tim Muma uh, here on uh, Sparky's Midday Madness. Follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore Muma. Of course, writes for Brewer Fanatic. Follow them at Brewer underscore Fanatic. When we talk about uh, this team as it's played out uh, to this point, uh, do you have a surprise from spring training uh, as we wrap up spring training today and get ready for the season on Thursday? Well, I think a lot of people are probably surprised by the uh, struggles of some of the pitchers, uh, Peralta and Woodruff. So going that route, I would say, you know, it, it, it always happens in spring, especially the pitching side. It's Guy, I know people hear it and they think it's just a joke, but guys are working on things. They're not they're not pitching in games trying to, you know, see what works for that day. They're trying to get a feel for their pitches, making sure that they have their full repertoire ready when they get to the to the regular season. Um, so for those that are seeing that as a surprise, I, I don't think it's too big of a deal. Uh, once they get ready to go for the uh, the start of the actual season, they'll be fine. From the positive side, I think Hira and Taylor stand out. Um, you know, Hira's had some success in spring before. A big thing to look at with him is always the amount of strikeouts, and he has cut down on those a little bit this spring, so that's a positive. Obviously, he, uh, for those that know, he's cut down on his swing mechanics a little bit, especially his leg kick, so hopefully that's a, a positive when it comes to timing. And then, you know, Tyrone Taylor is a guy who a lot of people have liked over the last couple of years. I think that he should get a, a little bit of a, a bigger look, um, but I think he's going to slide right into that role of sort of being that roving outfielder, uh, fourth outfielder in the mix with uh, with the rest of the guys. Because they're going to need to give time off for Yelich and McCutcheon and Lorenzo Cain, so he'll get plenty of opportunities uh, in the outfield. And I think it's encouraging to see that you know, he continues to develop as a hitter uh, with the Brewers. And between him and Hira, if they can add some punch into the lineup, especially the giving them some depth, then you know you feel a little bit better about the offense, even if they struggle a little bit early on with the starting nine that they go with. So, did you see the? Uh, fake trade the other day that uh, the Chris Rose podcast uh, played on Trevor Plouffe. Did you see that, that the fake trade that they did? Yeah, yeah, we saw that. Yeah, so they had Jeff Pass and play along. Yelich was involved in it. It was a whole big thing. And I, I, I tweeted out, was it Saturday or whatever it was, just saying, you know, I mean, Mackenzie Gore was part of it and so forth. Um, whether or not, if that was a real trade, would you? Uh, have made that trade at the end of the day. And a lot of Brewer fans said, absolutely not. Like, we're staying with Yelich. Our pitching's good. It's about winning now. Mackenzie Gordon maybe isn't necessarily win now. Um, so, no, they're not going to make that deal. Uh, and I looked at Eric Hosmer's deal. Hosmer's got an opt-out after this year. But after that, he's got a couple years left at like $16 million, which isn't horrible. Right. Um, and I went through the whole thing. I, I, I'd do it twice. I'd do it three, four, five times. Like, I'd have absolutely no hesitancy whatsoever. Like, if that was a legitimate thing that the Padres would do, and I don't think the Padres would do that deal, but if the Padres legitimately came at the Brewers and said, will you do this, I'd do it every day of the week. Truth, My first thought, truthfully, was, well, they at least gave a legitimate trade yeah. you know, uh, suggestion. And that's what you need to do to really, uh, especially on April Fool's Day, to try to pull that off. So. Right. You know, from a purely baseball standpoint, if you're looking from the Brewers' perspective of getting young talent and unloading a contract that obviously goes much longer than what Hosmer's does, I, I definitely think about it. Uh, but the reality is you have to look at a, at a bigger scope. And when you sign a guy to a long-term deal, especially as a quote-unquote small market team, it does not bode well for you in the future with people staying with your club if you then go around and trade the guy yeah, a year, literally a year in his contract extension, his new contract. So, again, if you're looking at pure baseball and you're looking for the future and sustainability with your club, it it made some sense. And I can say it doesn't. 
On the flip side, I think there are just a lot of other unintended consequences that come with a trade like that. If you're not, um, if the player himself isn't the one coming out saying, you know, yeah, I think this is a good move, good for my career. I think he would approve a trade. But don't you think, I mean, he's a California guy. Don't you think he would approve that trade? Don't you think he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Warm weather. I'm all about this. I'll go play with the Padres. It's not like the Padres aren't good. The Padres are going to compete for a World Series. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I can't put myself in a guy's shoes just signed a long-term commitment with a, with a club and seemingly enjoys it here. Again, everybody loves it, you know, in Milwaukee till they can go somewhere else, it seems like. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I Again, they made it a trade that definitely could be feasible and in a certain, you know, maybe in a certain circumstance, the Brewers would pull the trigger on it. But I, I think considering they're in a win-now mode, they have a window with the starting pitchers they have, I would not, I would not do it today. If you're talking in two years, three years, you know, if it was the same type of deal. Yeah, maybe because the Brewers might have to reload a little bit. But so this year, truthfully, I wouldn't have done it because I already predicted they're going to win the World Series this year. Okay, so Eric Hosmer um, last year hit 269 with 12 home runs uh, and had 65 RBIs uh, in 151 games played. Those are garbage numbers, okay? They're, they're not very good. But now you're going to take him out of San Diego, put him in American Family Field where the ball just flies uh, in Milwaukee. I don't know, man. I mean, it's not like Yelich had – you've watched him in spring training. What's changed? Does he look any different to you? A lot of his swings look similar, I'm not going to lie. But I think Hosmer has the same issue that Yelich does. He hits a lot of ground balls. Yep. Um, so even if you are moving to a hitter's park – and really, actually, American Family Field is, is – Seen as neutral uh, over the last handful of years, based on stats and numbers it, or whatever. Yeah, right, right, and part of it could be because the Brewers have much better pitching now than they might have, you know, ten years. Correct. Ago. Um, yeah, I, you know, and first base is one of those positions the Brewers have been trying to figure out since Prince Fielder left for the most part. So yep. I get where that would be, um, you know, a thought process as well. And they have outfielders coming up through the system. You've got McCutcheon uh, already. You've got Tyrone Taylor already. Hosmer could be first. Hosmer could be DH. Tellez could be DH. If he's hitting, Kira can be DH. Again, I mean, this is a trade that's never going to happen. I understand we're spending more time on it than we need to. My whole point in all of this is, like, I, I am beyond frustrated with Yelich at this point. A- at least with Keston Hira, I've seen something physically change, and then I've seen a result from it. Granted, it's just spring training. From it happen. I, I don't see anything out of Yelich that tells me, oh, yeah, he changed this, and we are seeing something good coming out of it in spring training. Like, it just doesn't doesn't look any different to me. None. And that's the frustrating part, because now I got a manager in Craig Council that's going to run him out there and bat him three like he's the MVP, Christian Yelich, which he's the farthest thing from, and screw up the whole middle of the lineup in the process. Well, a couple of things there. One, and it's never going to happen, and I wrote about this on Brewer Fanatic, I would love to see Yelich in the leadoff slot because I think that actually fits his skill set a lot better. On he's base. always going to have a yeah. high on base percentage. Yep. He's a great base runner, you know, all that stuff. And I think it would take pressure off him, honestly, to be to not be seen as that middle-of-the-order, you know, power-hitting guy. And who knows how that changes, you know, someone's thinking and, and just helps them relax a little bit. Uh, you know, as far as seeing spring training at bat, same thing with the pitching. Again, it, it's really tough because – Hitters, too, he might be working on something we don't know about. He might be looking for certain pitches. He might be trying to do something that we can't see with his swing. You're giving him the and benefit of doing? a doubt what, here, what boy. Is he doing? What, what, what is he doing off the field? Um, and even in his 2018 season, he was good the first half, and then he put in a lot of work over that uh, over the All-Star break, around the All-Star break, and he, he took off in the second half. So, I mean, things can quickly turn, and, I mean, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt from the last couple of years. I know they've been rough. I understand the frustration with people. Um, but even looking at it again from a trade perspective, I just think there are – look, look at the bigger picture about the team, the franchise as a whole. I think there are a lot of negative consequences that come from that. And you're in a position where, yeah, you need Yelich to, to really take that next step. But Stearns has built a team where ideally your pitching takes over, your hitting is going to be good enough. And then when you get to the playoffs, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot, unfortunately. And, um, you know, one of these years, if they make it, it's the fifth year in a row of the postseason – and you find the right formula, and you, and you take it to, to the finish. Talk with Tim Muma. Follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore Muma. Uh, follow uh, him and the website at Brewer underscore Fanatic, BrewerFanatic.com. Brand new website, just started a couple weeks ago. A lot of great time content and good writers there to check out. Uh, before we let you go, I want to know predictions from you. How, how good do you think this Brewers team is? How far do you think they take it? 
Well, at the risk always of being called a homer, um, I did push push a uh, predictions on uh, BrewerFanatic.com, and I did choose the Brewers to win 96 games and win the division, which I don't think is outlandish at all, considering the Central is a little rough for the most part outside of St. Louis. And, uh, again, in looking at just, I don't know, maybe a little bit of bias, but also a little bit of how the Brewers are set up, what they might have learned from last year, I have them winning the NL and beating the Yankees in the World Series. And I know people are going to say I'm a homer. I've done predictions, like, for the last six years. I've never, ever picked the Brewers to win the World Series. I picked them to win 70 games. I picked them to win 90 games. I try to be as objective as possible. Of course, I have a little bit of, of my heart in it, but that's what I'm sticking by. I'm putting my claim to that right now. And if it doesn't happen, well, then it's just like the last 40 years of my life. They don't win the World Series, and nobody will care what I predicted in the end. Right. Nobody's going to remember either until we play it back. But you're right. I mean, we'll see how this whole thing goes uh, at the end of the day. Tim, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Sparky. Take care. Take care. There he is. Tim Muma on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline of applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Well, breathe. My Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. I had a chance to go to the Milwaukee Admirals game uh, on Sunday. I'll tell you about that here momentarily. Baseball starts this week, so there's still lots of basketball to watch and the place to catch all the action while playing your own indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room and settle down with some awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. So, had a chance to go to the Admirals game. I got to get our guy Adam Roberts to the Admirals game. Have you been to an Admirals game yet, Adam? In my life, yes, since I've moved, no. Have you been to them since they've moved to Panther Arena? Yes. Yes. I like the venue at Panther Arena more than I liked the venue at the Bradley Center. Uh, it's a more intimate feel. Uh, you know, you're not going to probably put 17 or 18,000 people regularly in for an Admirals game. Uh, so when you have your three, four, five thousand people, it just feels a lot fuller. It's a lot louder because you're more on top of the action. It's a more intimate setting. Uh, big fan uh, of that. Now, if you're inviting me, I mean, I'm definitely down. I mean, I've got the gear already. I'm wearing blue for my Maple Leafs, so no one would know the difference probably uh, from afar. Well, yeah, but it's not Predators. See. That's that's uh, that's, that's, that's going to be a thing. Yeah. You know, we were actually walking right by Panther Arena on Sunday. We went to the library downtown. And oh. I pointed it out because Dovey doesn't. She didn't know where Panther Arena was. So I was like, "Yeah, right there. Admirals play there. I bet my boss is there right now." Yeah, I was. Yeah, five o'clock uh, was puck drop on a Sunday, so we were there uh, watching the game. And I'm just telling y'all, man, like, there's just not uh, a lot of things where you're going to be able to go if you have kids and have them be as entertained as an Admirals game. There's just not. I mean, not only from the hockey perspective, um, watching that, but then everything that's that's going on in between periods, 
uh, the different uh, kid zones that they have set up at Panther Arena, like, you know, shooting goals, uh, taking uh, your kid's picture and this, like, oversized, like, uh, goalie mask that they have set up. You can get your picture taken in. When we were there, they had you know, Spider-Man and um, Iron Man and those guys you could get your pictures taken with uh, as well, which was pretty cool. And then they've got, you know, the ship that goes around that fires off the T-shirts or the the fake hockey pucks. I got hit in the eye with one of those. Uh, fake hockey pucks that, that that get shot off or whatever the case may be. It's just, I don't know, it's just a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, highly, 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 highly suggest going. And the Admirals won when we were there against the Griffins. So that was always uh, also a bonus, too. I, I want to talk a little bit about this thing going on in Major League Baseball that, that apparently uh, is coming, according to Buster Olney, of ESPN. Uh, pitchers and catchers will have the option of using newly tested signaling devices as they decide what pitches to throw in the upcoming regular season, industry sources tell ESPN. This technology could help to advance Major League Baseball beyond the risk of sign-stealing scandals that have plagued the sport in the past decade. Sources tell ESPN that MLB sent a memo Tuesday advising teams about the approved usage of devices referred to within the industry as PitchCom. Using a pad with buttons on the wrist of the gloved hand, a catcher can signal pitches, pitch type, and location directly to the pitcher through a listening device. Up to three teammates of the pitcher and catcher will also have access to the signals, aiding fielders in positioning. Change in baseball often slow by tradition, but the first reviews of the PitchCom system this spring have been glowing with players raving about how the electronic process of pitch signaling has been seamless helping with the flow of the pitcher's actions on the mound. Uh, Luis Severino, a uh, pitcher for the Yankees, says, I think it was great. I was a little doubtful at the beginning, but when we started using it, it was really good. With a man on second two, I would definitely like to use it uh, in my first start of the regular season. You know what pitch you're going to throw right away. So what we're talking about here is there's no more hand signals from catchers. Those are done. Starting this year, apparently, this very well is going to go into play starting on on, uh, opening day where you're going to have buttons on the wrist of a catcher, uh, and then they're going to use those buttons to communicate to the pitcher as far as what pitch uh, they want thrown, where they want it thrown, and that whole deal. Now, again, this is to stop uh, sign stealing for tipping off hitters you know, on pitches, tipping off runners on what's going on. It's supposed to solve all of that uh, at that point, and – you know, I guess, makes the job a lot easier. My question is, that I'm kind of curious about is, so when the pitcher shakes you off, because that's that's going to happen, right? So the pitcher shakes you off, are you going to see the catcher then, because I'm assuming the device would be on your left hand, if you're a right-handed thrower, right? So on your catcher hand will be where the device is. That's where the device is going to be. And then you're going to take your right hand and then, Type into your wrist from the crouch position what you want him to throw, right? And then he then throws the pitch to where it wants to go. I'm interested to see how it looks. I'm also interested to see is how much is it going to hurt when a ball gets foul tipped and it hits that device and hits into your arm? Like how much padding really is there underneath that device that these catchers have on their wrists? Like are we going to see broken wrists or anything like that? when you start having those devices get hit? And, you know, how much are they going to hold up when they get hit by uh, foul tip balls or a ball, a guy gets crossed up on what the pitch is supposed to be uh, and throws the wrong thing? That's the other thing, too, right? You're going to – this should help speed up the game because sometimes you get runners on base, what happens? Catcher goes out to the pitcher's mound and says, all right, we're changing the signals. We're going to go to this set of signals instead so they can't figure out what we're doing. And then all of a sudden you see a guy – guy throw a curveball when the guy's expecting a different pitch gets all crossed up ball goes to the backstop uh or the umpire gets hit uh by a, a ball being thrown or whatever the case may be that those days are done so that eliminates mound visits between the catcher and pitcher and getting confused on signals because everything stays the same everything uh, doesn't change i don't know i kind of like it uh, it takes a it it takes away another element of cheating essentially i guess in the game of baseball so i'm all for it ar what about you
Well, I'm kind of confused because I thought that in the minors, like the Atlantic League and some of the AAA leagues, that they were testing out some of these different changes that they were thinking about bringing up to the majors. I don't remember hearing about this being done yeah. in the minors at all. Well, that I don't know, but they were using it in spring training this year. Okay. Uh, the major league guys were using it in spring training. Now, everybody, I don't know if they were using it or not. Some guys probably weren't. Other guys wanted to see if they liked it or not, so they're probably getting the feedback of all the big leaguers they gave these devices to to see if they liked it or not. So for me, I love it. And the only reason this is happening is because of the Houston Astros, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a cheating scandal, so now immediately Rob Manfred says, how are we going to fix it so it doesn't happen again? I give Rob Manfred credit. Pat on the butt. Good job as always, commission, right? You got another one right. That, That here is what I like is fixing a problem so hopefully it doesn't happen again. Now, in my brain, can I come up with a way to sign Steel still? Sure, because I can have somebody with binoculars hanging out close enough to see where the catcher is from the second level or wherever to zoom in to see what the pitch is, hold up a finger or two to somebody in the outfield so they can see what the pitch is, and then relay it to the hitter, and you might be able to still you know, steal signs at that point. Maybe. I don't know. Talk about baseball solving problems. Did you hear uh, the first ever umpire explanation that was given yeah. over a microphone? Our guy, Rami Makhlouf, I'm not sure he was quite a fan of the umpire explaining uh, what happened on a review. I saw him quote tweet uh, the video, uh, but I, I really didn't get the the true explanation of why Rami may or may not have liked it. So did you not like having the umpire talking to the people? I just don't know if it's necessary. Of course it's necessary. I mean, we all... I want to hear the explanation of what they saw versus what we're seeing, especially if they're seeing something different than what we're seeing. But I mean, you already you already know what they're looking for, don't you? No, no, Like, no. was his foot on the bag before the ball was in the glove? Was his foot on the bag before the tag? Was, I like hearing the explanation from the NBA the guys. fair or foul? Like, yeah, the but NBA, in the NBA they, and in the NFL, explain, there are things to explain. They explain it. The NFL explains it. Let's hear baseball explain it. In those sports, there is something to explain. In baseball, there really isn't. We all know what they're looking for. And you're trying to speed the game up. So, the, I, we, well... Yes, you are trying to speed the game up. I do not disagree with you on that. Um, but but they want to make this as transparent as possible. I think that's You might not always part of the see deal. what they see, but that's not going to change. You're still going to disagree with umpires. But, but at least all, you're going to hear what they're seeing and what their explanation is. But we all know what they're looking for. If the ball is bobbled at first base, you know, is he going to say he had control long enough for it to count as an out, or the ball was being bobbled, yeah, whatever. I, there might there might be a, like one out of every ten reviews where you or need some kind be, of explanation, but most of them it, it it's could pretty be. self-explanatory. On, on the review, we saw him touch the outer sleeve of uh, going in, or after watching the review, we don't see anything to change our call. Right? There's nothing conclusive that changes our mind based on what we saw in the review. I, to me, I like it. Like I, I give me the explanation. I get what you're saying. But like this new thing that they're doing here where there's going to be no more catcher signals uh, from the catchers, and now you're just typing in. Well, that's not to, every, That's just whoever wants to use it. It's not mandatory across all 30 teams. Um, it's this a, says it's available to all 30 they'll teams. They'll have the option of yeah, using it, correct. But then not every right. team is going to use it. Correct. The, I, other this, day, the other day the Blue Jays were trying it and just gave up. Severino loves it yeah. for the Yankees. I, to me, this is going to be mandatory within two years. There, gonna be, mm. There's no question – Everybody's going to use it because I think it'll just he's trying to make sure. Long. Right, he's trying to make sure the Astros thing doesn't happen again. That's what he's trying to do. So we'll see. I, I think if enough guys use it and there's enough positive feedback, my only question is the safety of it on that wrist. The ball smashes into that thing. You know, a is it going to shatter into a million pieces all over the place? B, how is that going to feel on your arm smashing the ball, smashing the device, and then the device imprinting or going into your arm? That's my concern. But other than the safety thing, you don't have to cycle through signals anymore. Yeah. There's no more catcher to the pitcher visits talking about what signals we want to run. Those days are done because it's the same thing. I don't know. I love it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Look at you. You really, something happened. What do you Your mean? Your life, death experience or something, those five days you were gone, boy, you were really turned over a new leaf. You are a new you. What do you God mean? God bless you. What do you mean? I know you've just changed. You've changed a lot since those five days off, man. I really don't know who you are anymore. You, you are really a different cat. Uh, Robbie Bakloff, uh, we'll see what he has coming up on his show today. We'll see what he will amaze us with from three until oh, six today. Oh, so much amazing stuff I, coming sure. up on the show. Oh, man. I am sure. Wait until you hear. I cannot Ooh. wait. That's next. Well, as of right now, I feel like I am going to play. 
as of right now. Um, I'm going to play nine more holes tomorrow. Um, my recovery has been good. I've been very excited about how I've recovered each and every day, and that, that's been the, the, the challenge. That's why I came up here and, and tested out for 27 holes, because we, we played the par three course. Charlie couldn't help himself. Um, so was able to play uh, 27 holes that day um, and at home testing it. But it's the recovery. You know, how, how am I going to get all the you know, swelling out and recover for the next day? And uh, my team has been fantastic and worked very hard. Um, so we've got another day of nine more holes and uh, then come game time. There is Tiger Woods earlier today at his press conference uh, saying that he plans on playing in the Masters uh, starting on Thursday. Uh, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier uh, on the Wendy's Big Show. Uh, and Leroy, he just has no use, uh, this whole Tiger Woods comeback and trying to come back or whatever else. Leroy just thinks Tiger should ride off in the sunset, retire and call it a day. Uh, Gary is scared that he's going to go out there and like break down and fall down and, and to be a complete mess. Uh, I, I kind of have the more positive outlook on this of saying, yeah, but guys, what if this dude, because he is limping, there's no question he's limping. So if, if he's limping around for four days and he's somehow down two or three strokes going into Sunday, it's going to be one of the greatest comebacks ever. If he's able to pull this off um, and be in contention with a shot going into Sunday, it would be amazing. Now, is there just as much of a chance or more of a chance that if he's not going to make the cut that he drops out and walks off on Friday afternoon at some point, that's always a chance with Tiger. He's done it in his whole career. Um, but, uh, again, if he's in it and he's got a chance at this thing on Sunday, oh, my God. First of all, TV ratings will be through the absolute roof of everybody tuning in Sunday to see if he can finish it. If he's within a couple on Saturday, I think, TV ratings will be through the roof on Saturday, people watching Tiger Woods uh, on Saturday seeing uh, what he looks like. Say what you want. You don't have to like Tiger or whatever else, but that dude brings people's eyeballs to TV sets when he's on TV, and I don't think it'll be any different this weekend, Rami, if he makes the cut. I might check in if he if he makes the cut. I might check in Sunday. Well, we're going to have it on during the big show on Thursday, I promise you, and Friday. if He's he's playing during our show on Thursday, so we'll definitely have it on the TV here watching You would anyway, though, right? I don't care about golf no but i mean gary would be like gary hey, and Leroy would have the masters on regardless. gary would forget the producer's yes. name and be like hey joker turn on the masters right oh he's got adam's name down. oh really oh yeah oh wow he compliments adam all the time he, he really doesn't just call you joker huh no he really likes huh. adam nice yeah he really, really likes adam so uh no they would they would have it on one of the tvs for sure right gary and Leroy, because they, yeah. they love they love watching golf um, so it would be on one of the tvs i personally would care less same if, if that was the deal but if it's if tiger's in i want to see if he's in Sunday, I'm intrigued. If he's in, if he's in the mix Sunday, I might turn it on. I, I I hope he shoots like three or four under on Thursday. Really get everybody talking going into Friday. That would be amazing. That'd be great. All right, what's that coming up on your fun. show at three? On the show today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer out of the gates. I know you guys talked about this on the big show yesterday. Ryan Wood with an article talking about what the Packers could look like without a true number one wide receiver. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's it. I don't know if the Packers are contending for Super Bowls, if that's how they plan on going about this thing. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also talk with Lori Nickel. She had a good column in the uh, Journal Sentinel and JS Online about the grind of trying to go back-to-back that the Bucks are trying to do right now and whether or not that could catch up to them. So we'll talk with Lori about that at 345. We'll talk with Bucks fans about that at 4. Bart Winkler is here at 430. Doing this again? And much, much more throughout you, the afternoon. Can yes. try it again, aren't you? Yes. Y- y'all are just going to try and run that in until there's an epic blowout, and then what you you're going to stop it. We're best buds. What are you talking about? Sure. Uh, I love Bart Winkler. The, the uh, Bucks grind, um, this is worse than most cases because yep. you had guys in the Olympics two days after you had the parade. They were – or two days after you won the championship. You're on a plane, and you're gone. Middleton – Andrew Holiday both off to the Olympics, and Holiday had to go help save the Olympics for the U.S. team. So, Holiday and Middleton's off-season Sparky was fifty-one days. That's insane. Fifty-one days. That's insane. Was their entire off-season from when they they stopped playing competitive basketball to when right. they started again? Fifty-one yeah. days. That's a lot to come back from. Yeah. And we had Eric Neymar from the Athletic and the first star of the one he's big show today, and he was just talking about the fact that this Bucks defense has been not good. 
since the All-Star break, like mm-hmm. at all, like 20, 20 better fifth, since whatever. Come back, but and still not 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 what it was, not what we gotten used to. He, he pretty much just continues to bring up that this is a problem, and they just continue to pretty much say, yeah, we'll be fine. Playoffs mm-hmm. come, we'll be all right. Mm-hmm. So he he keeps he brought up the are they going to be able to flip the switch on defense in the playoffs and be that team again? Are they going to be able to do this? Because really, outside of LeBron James teams, there's not been a ton of teams that can just flip a switch and go get it done. LeBron James teams, with all of his superstar power around him, have been able to do it at times. Um, LeBron James, who's now playing for the Lakers tonight, and the Lakers could be officially eliminated tonight with a loss and a Spurs win, I believe. Um, so that could be twice now. LeBron with the Lakers will not make the postseason. Did you ask Eric about uh, getting caught on the reverse cam at Fiserv Forum on Friday night? I forgot. No. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was disgusting. So... They have this reverse cam uh, at the Bucks games where, like, if you're putting food in your mouth, they'll show you, like, taking the food out of your mouth yeah. instead of putting it in they your mouth. They just rewind the footage. Right, and they got Eric putting food in his mouth. Was that a cheese curd? Mouth. I don't know what I it think was. it was a cheese curd. It was disgusting either way. I don't... Yeah, I felt bad for Eric. What did he do to deserve that? Like, I don't... On the jumbo run, too. Yeah, that was a And then nice. they tweeted it out yeah. like, for the whole That's world. That's what I saw was on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> that was outstanding. Whoever's doing that for the Bucks at Pfizer 4, you're doing a fine job. Just absolutely disgusting. You're doing a great job. Brewers are up uh, 4 nothing on the Royals in exhibition play. Uh, um, Valley Sports, Wisconsin. this one? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yep. I figured mo- most of them would be packing bags already. Nope. No, no. Huh. Uh-uh. no, they're playing. All right. uh, the uh, thing about this game here is Josh Vernier, former uh, co-host, Wendy's Big Show, yes, uh, tweeted out uh, to me uh, earlier, uh, first time in Maryville this year for Josh. He said he walks in and hears big-time Mike McGivern's music playing over the loudspeakers, <laughs> and that was followed up by Stranglehold from Tim Allen. Wow. And I was like, yeah, wow. they're fans That's of the station. Cool. Yeah, they're fans of the station. They, they like 1250. They give us a little love even though we're not there playing our music, so that's yeah, it's good. Thanks to Mike Vassallo and the crew at the Brewers for showing some love to 1250, even at spring training. Uh, Keston Hero with a stolen base. How about yeah, those apples? How about that? Now, see, he, I think, can turn it around. Yelich? Mm. You have more faith in Hero than Yelich, huh? Ask me why. Why? He physically has changed something in what he's doing, and it's worked. Yelich? I see no change physically and no difference from what he did last year or the year before to what he's doing now. It's the same crap. But is he doing anything different than when he was an MVP? Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.